Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we are on episode 182, and we're going to be talking about Plica syndrome, and we will be talking about this other source of medial knee pain, and there are many out there, but we're going to be discussing Plica. We'll be talking about what it is. We're going to talk about where it's located causes of medial plica syndrome and how to recognize it and treat it and so much more. But if you could all just hold on for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of a tough day for me today. I've been working outside. I'm pretty sore right now, and I, we have a, kind of a small farm. And uh, so uh, just doing a little bit of work because the sun is out, and we are reaching these nice warm days of about 55 degrees. And for northern Maine, that's uh, pretty incredible. And uh, to do it this early in the season, um, we all kind of get out there and uh, probably do a little bit more than we should. So maybe I'll be doing a podcast on delayed onset muscle soreness at some point because that's what I'm going to be going through tomorrow. Uh, So let's get started with today's show. We're going to talk about plica syndrome. Now, plica syndrome occurs most oftentimes in the knee. And it's kind of like that little kid, you know, that little troublemaker who sits in the back of the room, but, but keeps his mouth quiet and doesn't really say a whole heck of a lot. But all the other little troublemakers in the room are always active and they're always causing trouble and, and making noise and whatnot. And so not so much a, a attention is being paid to that little one out back. And a plica syndrome is just like this. It's like a little troublemaker that we don't often pay a lot of attention to, but when it rears its ugly head, um, can cause a lot of problems. So... What is the the plica, the medial retinacular plica? And you can have plica, you know, in different aspects, in different areas of the knee, but it's most often found in the medial aspect of the knee. So it's it's a fold in the synovial lining, and it's pretty much present in everyone. And there's, you know, if you look at the research, it starts, you know, within the first several weeks of after you're born, uh, you can develop this plica fold. And uh, like I said, it's very common in most everyone, but it doesn't bother everybody out there. So just because you have it doesn't mean that it is symptomatic or going to cause you knee pain. Okay, so Like I said, it could be found in multiple areas of the knee, but most commonly uh, found medially. And um, when you palpate it, it feels like a piece of al dente spaghetti, okay? And uh, that's probably the best description for it, or even a little uh, rope that you're running your finger over. And you find it between the medial patellar border and the medial femoral condyle. So if you're just kind of resting and your knee is straight out, the best way to do this is just like in long sitting so your leg is really relaxed. And you take your index finger and your middle finger and you run it over your medial femoral condyle between the medial patellar border 
and the medial femoral condyle, and you'll feel this little rope-like structure that's going to roll underneath your fingers, okay? And that is your medial retinacular plica. And so pretty easy to find for most people. Uh, and you will see this most commonly in people between the ages of 10 and 30 years old. Now, it can happen in anybody at any age. It's most often seen in people who do a lot of repetitive overuse type activities that require a lot of knee flexion and knee extension, especially between the degrees of 70 and 100 degrees, where that plica, that fold, can rub over that medial femoral condyle and get irritated and strained. We can see it in people who stay in a flex position for a long period of time because it causes a lot of tension there, and that can uh, be very irritating to the to the knee. Um, you can get it from trauma to the area. So taking a blunt blow to that medial aspect or anteromedial aspect of the knee can flare it up, get it inflamed, and then it just continues to bother you. And you can see it more oftentimes in patients who have very weak quads. Okay, that seems to be kind of a, a common finding with people who have a plica um, syndrome uh, because that plica is an intra-articular structure. It's part of the synovium. And when it becomes inflamed, it can cause some uh, irritation, some swelling inside the joints. So some intra-articular effusion. And we know that when we have effusion, we have quadriceps shutdown. And so it's pretty common to uh, see those two together in those types of patients. So how do you diagnose this? Now, this can be really tricky because there are so many structures in the anteromedial aspect of the knee that can cause problems, uh, such as, you know, a medial meniscus tear, an MCL tear, uh, the meniscotibial ligament or meniscofemoral ligament can be a problem. You can have a fat pad syndrome, pezantrine bursitis, that all exists in that anteromedial aspect of the knee. So, one of the things that you need to remember is, you know, you want to rule out some of those other things, you know, like a meniscus tear. You might want to do a McMurray's test, and I like to do a, what we call a meniscal grind test. I like to palpate the medial joint line, and it's important that you identify where that joint line is so that you can tease out the meniscus from the uh, plica. You want to make sure that you do your varus and valgus or your valgus stress test to assess if there is an MCL issue. Um, the meniscotibial ligament will also get agitated with a valgus stress and so will the meniscofemoral ligament. Um, and then the fat pad is, you know, pretty prominent. You can find that uh, because it kind of sticks out a little bit and basically it'll be tender to palpate on it. It doesn't necessarily have a, that clicking roll in there. Um, patients will have some clicking, catching, or sometimes some pseudo giving way of the leg where uh, they'll get some discomfort and the quad shuts down and they feel like the leg is going to buckle and give way. Uh, that's not uncommon either. So when you examine the patient and you've ruled out a lot of the other things that are, that are going on here, you want to, number one, palpate it to see if there is pain there. If it is painful, go to the other leg and palpate that one also. If somebody is just hypersensitive to touch, then um, it's possible that uh, they are just hypersensitive and it may not be a plica. The other thing you'll notice is typically if they are inflamed, they're going to be a little bit bigger. And so the size of the plica can make a difference. And again, you want to assess the contralateral side to see if one is large and one is small, one is painful and one is not. Um, those are pretty good signs that um, you have a plica syndrome. Now, 
Another way to diagnosis is through injection, okay? So injecting like a corticosteroid into the region can help decrease that inflammation and and you may see an immediate decrease in discomfort. And that can be diagnostic and can also help to treat the problem at the same time. And you also want to, you know, notice if there's any clicking or snapping noises, you know, when they're moving the knee and if it reproduces the symptoms that they typically have. Usually this comes on over time, it's not a real sudden thing unless there's been a trauma to the knee. So that's a question you should ask when you first see your patient is, you know, how long has this been coming on? And so that can be helpful during your evaluation. So how do you treat these conservatively once you have a pretty good sense that this is a medial plica syndrome? So the first thing I like to do is I like to avoid activities that that cause that snapping, cracking, popping type of noise that that they continue to repetitively have when they're flexing or extending. You might want to decrease that repetitive action and uh, you know alter or or modify the exercises so that you are avoiding that range that seems to reproduce the symptoms. Um, getting rid of inflammation is going to be very important here, so you can do that through non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. It could be injected. You could use iontophoresis with dexamethasone sodium phosphate. It's a pretty good area to ionto because it is uh, not covered by too much muscle tissue or fatty tissue. Uh, so you can get that uh, to penetrate uh, fairly well in that area. Uh, you want to start to re-strengthen the quads and you want to do it in that comfortable range. So you may start with isometric type activities, maybe some variable angle isometrics. This can happen in the open chain or the closed chain. You can be doing variable angle uh, isometric wall sits. You can use uh, something like a knee extension machine or a uh, like a shuttle cardiomuscular trainer where you are leg pressing in a closed chain position and you can modify the amount of bands that you have on there and find those ranges where you can get that quad to fire but not cause that medial plica discomfort and so you want to make sure that you do that another thing that we find that is a very a very common finding with people with plicas uh, uh, would be hamstring tightness. So optimizing the hamstring flexibility can be helpful and we also know that improving gastroc soleus mobility is important important in treating anterior knee pain. Just puts your ankle in a better position, your quad fires off a little more effectively. And so I'm big on gastroc soleus mobility, especially with those people who are uh, who are tight. So you also want to make sure that you take a look at the biomechanical issues. So, you know, is do they have flat feet? Is there a high Q angle? Um, are, are, is there weakness? in the hip abductors and external rotators. Those are all things you need to take a look at. So, you know, make sure you assess their gait, maybe their walking and running gait, see how they do up and down stairs, uh, have them do a functional squat and see if that um, gives you any information in regards to the, their biomechanics. Um, and, and then if the patient doesn't get better, well, you can always resort to surgery where they uh, basically go in and do a resection of that plica. Uh, sometimes this will cause some synovitis afterwards because of the surgery. But, uh, you know, people generally do well with that, especially if that plica is really big and thick. And um, oftentimes you've had it for a long time and it just continues to get bigger and more scarred like it gets very ropey. So sometimes it just needs to come out. And so uh, that may be an option, but I definitely like to treat these conservatively first and see how patients do. So that is plica 
syndrome, folks. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the Orthway Valpal podcast. I'm continuing to have a great time here uh, doing the podcast and doing all of the YouTube videos and online coaching and everything else that we do. It's just uh, it's just a blast for me, and I want to continue doing it. So make sure you send me your questions. If you have orthopedic questions you'd like uh, some answer to, or you want uh, you maybe you're a little confused on something, uh, make sure that you send that over to me. The links are in the show notes in uh, order to be able to get to me. And um, don't forget to check out orthoevalpal.com where we have more orthopedic content for you to take a look at and learn from. Uh, Folks, again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you all have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.